Article 124 of the Labor Code Standards Criteria for Minimum Wage Fixing. The regional minimum wages to be established by the regional board shall be as nearly adequate as is economically feasible to maintain the minimum standards of living necessary for the health efficiency and general well-being of the employees within the framework of the National Economic and Social Development Program. In the determination of such regional minimum wages, the regional board shall, among others, relevant factors consider the following. Letter A, the demand for living wages. Letter B, wage adjustment vis-a-vis the consumer price index. Letter C, the cost of living and changes or increases therein. Letter D, the needs of workers and their families. Letter E, the need to induce industries to invent in the con- invest in the countryside. Letter F, improvements in standards of living. Letter G, the prevailing wage levels. Letter H, fair return of the capital invested and capacity to pay of employers. Letter I, effects on employment generation and family income. And letter J, the equitable distribution of income and wealth along the imperatives of economic and social development. The wages prescribed in accordance with the provisions of this title shall be the standard prevailing minimum wages in every region. These wages shall include wages varying within industries, provinces, or localities if in the judgment of the regional board conditions make such local differentiation proper and necessary to effectuate the purpose of this title. Any person, company, corporation, partnership, or any other entity engaged in business shall file and register annually with the appropriate regional board commission and the National Statistics Office an itemized listing of their labor components specifying the names of their workers and employees below the managerial level, including learners, apprentices, and disabled handicapped workers who were hired under the terms prescribed in the employment contracts and their corresponding salaries and wages. Where the application of any prescribed wage increase by virtue of a law or wage order issued by any regional board results in distortions of the wage structure within an establishment, the employer and the union shall negotiate to correct the distortions. Any dispute arising from wage distortion shall be resolved through the grievance procedure under their collective bargaining agreement, and if it remains unresolved through voluntary arbitration, unless otherwise agreed by the parties in writing, such disputes shall be decided by the voluntary arbitrators within 10 calendar days from the time said dispute was referred to voluntary arbitration. In cases where there are no collective agreements or recognized labor unions, the employers and workers shall endeavor to correct such distortions. Any dispute arising therefrom shall be settled through the National Conciliation and Mediation Board, and if it remains unresolved after 10 calendar days of conciliation, shall be referred to the appropriate branch of the National Labor Relations Commission. It shall be mandatory for the NLRC to conduct continuous hearings and decide the dispute within 20 calendar days from the time said dispute is submitted for compulsory arbitration. The pendency of a dispute arising from a wage distortion shall not in any way delay the applicability of any increase in prescribed wage rates pursuant to the provision of law or wage order. As used herein, a wage or distortion shall mean a situation where an increase in prescribed wage rates results in the elimination or severe contraction of intentional quantitative differences in wage or salary rates.
between and among employee groups in an establishment as to effectively obliterate the distinctions embodied in such wage structure based on skills, length of service, or other logical basis of differentiation. All workers paid by result, including those who are on piecework, takay pakyao, or task basis, shall receive not less than the prescribed wage rates per 8 hours work a day, or a proportion thereof for working less than 8 hours. All recognized learnership and apprenticeship agreements shall be considered automatically modified, insofar as their wage clauses are concerned to reflect the prescribed wage rates. Number one, two methods of minimum wage adjustment. Historically, legislation involving the adjustment of the minimum wage made use of two methods. The first method involved the fixing of determinate amount that would be added to the prevailing statutory minimum wage. The other involves the salary ceiling method whereby the wage adjustment is applied to employees receiving a certain denominated salary ceiling. The first method was adopted in the earlier wage orders while the latter method was used in RA number 6640 and 6727. Prior to this, the salary ceiling method was also used in no less than 11 issuances mandating the grant of cost of living allowances. The shift from the first method to the second method was brought about by labor disputes arising from wage distortions, a consequence of the implementation of the said wage orders. Apparently, the wage order provisions that wage distortion shall be resolved through the grievance procedure was perceived by legislators as ineffective in checking industrial unrest resulting from wage order implementations with the establishment of the second method as a practice in minimum wage fixing which distortions disputes were minimized. 1.1. Floor wage wage orders does not require across-the-board pay increase. For the wage orders, such as wage order number RDVII06 prescribes a minimum or floor wage to upgrade the wages of employees, receiving less than the minimum wage set by the order. The employer cannot be compelled to grant an across-the-board increase to its employees, who at the time of the promulgation of the wage order were already being paid more than the existing minimum wage. Metaphorically, if the floor is raised, workers below the now elevation should also be raised so that they would step on the elevated floor. And those already placed higher than the new floor level need not be moved further upward unless necessary to remedy a distortion contemplated in Article 124. The rule that a wage order covers only minimum wage earners is reiterated by the court in these words. The beneficent operative provision of wage order RXIII02 or R1302 is specific enough to cover only minimum wage earners. Necessarily excluded are those receiving rates above the prescribed minimum wage. The only situation when employees receiving a wage rate higher than that prescribed by the wage order R1302 may still benefit from the order is as indicated in Section 1, Paragraph C of the IRRs through the correction of wage distortions. Number 2. Reasons for having a minimum wage. Minimum wages underlie the, the effort of the state as Republic Act Number no. 6727 expresses it to promote productivity improvement and gain-sharing measures to ensure a decent standard of living for the workers and their families to guarantee the rights of labor to its just share in the fruits of production, 
to enhance employment generation in the countryside through industry dispersal and to allow business and industry reasonably, reasonable returns on investment, expansion, and growth, and as the Constitution expresses it, to affirm labor as a primary social economic force. The state should would have no need for a wage board if the question were simply how much. The state is concerned in addition that wages are not distributed unevenly, and more importantly, the social justice is subserved. Number 3. Wage Distortion 3.1 When is there a distortion? Wage distortion is the long noun-laden definition in the seventh paragraph of Article 124 means a situation where an increase in prescribed wage rates results in the elimination or severe contraction of intentional quantitative differences in wage or salary rates between and among employee groups in an establishment as to effectively obliterate the distinctions embodied in such wage structures based on skills, length of service, or other logical basis of differentiation. To construct a wage structure, human resource management commonly needs to classify jobs through an analytical quantifying process called job evaluation or JE. The jobs or groups of positions are rated or ranked based on such factors as skills or education, degree of responsibility, physical effort, work conditions, and complexity of duties. Each factor is assigned a weight or value and each key job is given points within the range of the weight. The job ratings are clustered to determine the hierarchy or groups of jobs which in turn correspond to salary grades, each grade progressing by steps from hiring rate to maximum. The salaries pertaining to positions are therefore results of studied distinction and relative values of jobs. The higher the job grade, the higher the pay. The differences among job pay grades are, in the words of Article 124, intentional quantitative differences. They should be maintained in fairness for to the job holders despite mandated pay increases through wage orders. Salary distortions results from the disappearance or virtual disappearance of pay differentials between lower and higher positions or between senior and junior employees. Because of compliance with the wage order, if A was receiving a daily salary of 100 pesos higher than that of B, who is A subordinate or is holding a lower position, but because of a wage order increase given to B, the 100 peso advantage disappeared or was reduced to, say, 50 pesos, then it may be said that, uh, that the salary difference between A and B has been distorted. A may complain of salary distortion. For distortion to exist... The law does not require an elimination or total abrogation of quantitative wage or salary differences. A severe contraction thereof is enough. In one case, the paid differentials contracted or went down by about 83%. This is severe contraction and the court ruled that there was indeed a salary distortion. In this case, intentional quantitative differences in wages among employees of the bank has been set by the CBA to about 900 pesos per month as of January 1, 1989. It is intentional as it has been arrived at through the collective bargaining process. There may not be an obliteration or elimination of said quantitative distinction or difference aforesighted, but clearly there is a contraction. Would such contraction be so severe as to warrant the necessary correction sanctioned by the 
law in point RA number 6727, the quantitative intended distinction in pay between the two groups of workers in respondent company was contracted by more than 50% or in particular by more or less 83%. Hence, there is no doubt that there is an evidence Evidence severe contraction resulting in the wage distortion. 3.2. Salary restructuring. What is not distortion? The distortion mentioned in Article 124 refers to one arising from compliance with a wage order. It does not refer and the article does not apply. To a distortion arising from a revision of salary scale initiated by the employer. The formulation or revision of a wage structure through the classification of employees is a matter of management, judgment, and discretion. Whether or not a new additional scheme of classification of employees for compensation purpose should be established by the company and the legitimacy or viability of the basis of distinction there embodied is properly a matter of management, judgment, and discretion, and ultimately perhaps a subject matter for bargaining negotiations between employer and employees, it is assuredly something that falls outside the concept of wage distortion. If the compulsory mandate under Article 124 to correct wage distortion is applied to voluntary and unilateral increases by the employer in fixing hiring rates, which is inherently a business judgment prerogative, then the hands of the employer would be completely tied even in case where an increase in wage of a particular group is justified due to a re-evaluation of the high productivity of a particular group or, as in the present case, the need to increase the competitiveness of Bankard's hiring rate. An employer would be discouraged from adjusting the salary rates of a particular group of employees for fear that it would result to a demand by all employees for a similar increase, especially if the financial conditions of the business cannot address an across-the-board increase. In fine, absent any indication that the voluntary increase of salary rates by an employer was done arbitrarily and illegally for the purpose of circumventing the laws or was devoid of any legitimate purpose other than to discriminate against the regular employees, this court will not step in to interfere with this management prerogative. Employees are, of course, not precluded from negotiating with its employer and lobby for wage increase through appropriate channels, such as through ACBA 3.2A jobs in same region. Neither is there salary distortion under Article 124 if the affected employees are employed in the same company but in different regions. There is no distortion if the employees whose wages are being compared are located in different regions. This is because wage fixing has been regionalized by RA number 6727. The Wage Rationalization Act, each region has a regional wage board, which in fixing the wage level considers criteria or standards existing in the region. Since those criteria vary from one region to another, the pay levels of comparable jobs also tend to vary among regions, but pay disputes of same or comparable jobs in different regions cannot be considered wage distortion. Wage distortion, in other words, involves comparison of jobs located in the same region. Examination of alleged salary distortion is limited to jobs or positions in the same employer in the same region. That is, the comparison of salaries has to be intra-region nor not inter-region. 
and Manila Mandarin Employees Union versus NLRC. The court agreed with the NLRC's conclusion that no distortion existed where the disparity was due simply to the fact that the employees mentioned had been hired on different dates and were thus receiving different salaries, or that an employee was hired initially at a position level carrying a hiring rate higher than the rates for the others, or that an employee failed to meet the cut-off date in the grant of yearly CBA increase, or that a subject employee had been promoted while the others were not this did not represent case of wage distortion contemplated in Article 124. 3.3 Union to Prove Distortion In the same Manila Mandarin case mentioned above, the court ruled that it was incumbent on the complainant union to prove by substantial evidence its assertion of the existence of a wage distortion. This it failed to do. It presented no such evidence to establish as required by the law what if any were the design quantitative differences in wage or salary rates between employee groups and if there were any severe contractions or elimination of these quantitative differences. 3.4. Ways to correct distortion The court has pointed out that through Article 124, the law recognizes the validity of negotiated wage increases to correct wage distortions. The legislative intent is to encourage the parties to seek solution to the problem of wage distortions through voluntary negotiation or arbitration rather than strikes, lockouts, or other concerted activities of the employees or management. Recognition and validation of wage increases given by employers either unilaterally or as a result of collective bargaining negotiations for the purpose of correcting wage distortions are in keeping with the public policy of encouraging employers to grant wage and allowances increases to their employees, which are higher than the minimum rates of increases prescribed by state threat or administrative regulation. Thus, in Cardona versus NLRC, it was held that there was no wage distortion where the employer made salary adjustments in terms of restricting of benefits and allowances, and there was an increase pursuant to the CBA. Similarly, in a case involving Metro trans Transit, the court ruled that the CBA stipulated increase of 800 pesos a month was intended as the countervailing increase for supervisory employees, the rank-and-file employees having already received their own increase approximately eight months earlier. In other words, the wage distortion in the present Metro Transit can arose not because of a government-decreed increase in minimum wages, or because Metro simply refused to treat its supervisory employees differently from its rank-and-file workers, but rather because of a failure to synchronize the CBA-stipulated increases for rank-and-file and for supervisory employees. By the grant of the award of 550 pesos to supervisory employees and by the operation of the Metro SIM CBA, the wage distortion which occurred, on April 17, 1989, has been corrected. By December 1, 1991, a substantial gap or differential has been re-established between the salaries of the rank-and-file and supervisory employees of Petitioner Metro. In short, a salary increase granted through a CBA is a valid method of correcting a salary distortion. 3.5 Distortion Adjustment Formula In a case involving the Metropolitan Bank, the court adopted the distortion adjustment formula suggested by then-NLRC Commissioner Bonto Perez. The court accepted the formula 
as the appropriate measure to balance the respective contentions of the parties since the formula according to the court is just and equitable. The formula is existing minimum wage divided by actual salary of employee in percent times prescribed wage increase equals distortion adjustment amount. Example, existing minimum wage is 300 per day. Employee's daily wage is 350. Mandated wage increase is 25 per day. Next, um, that is 300 divided by 350 times 25 equals 0.857 times 25 equals 21.43 wage distortion adjustment. 350 plus 21.43 equals 371.43 new daily rate of the subject employee. Neither the Labor Code nor the Wage Rationalization Act RA number 6727 prescribes a particular formula to estimate the amount that will rectify or minimize the salary distortion. The employer and the union or the employee's representative may devise an equitable formula differing from the one adopted in the Metropolitan Bank case. A handbook on wage distortion issued by the National Wage and Productivity Commission illustrates seven formulas to adjust salary distortions. Rectification of salary distortion is one of the situations where inter-party negotiation is most preferred and greatly encouraged as indicated in Article 124. Pursuing the basic policy under Article 211, Paragraph A. 3.6 Rectification need not be across the board. In the same Metropolitan Bank case mentioned above, the court said also that the court must approximate an acceptable quantitative difference between job or position levels, but an across-the-board pay adjustment is not required by law. The court through Justice Jose Vitug said, We, however, do not subscribe to the labor arbiters exacting prescription and correcting the wage distortion like the majority of the members of the NLRC. We are also of the view that giving the employees an across-the-board increase of 750 pesos may not be conducive to the policy of encouraging employers to grant wage and allowance increases to their employees higher than the minimum rates of, of increases prescribed by statute or administrative regulation, particularly in this case where both Republic Act 6727 and the CBA allow a credit for voluntary compliance as the court through Associate Justice Florentino Feliciano also pointed out in Apex Mining Company Incorporated versus NLRC, to compel employers simply to add on legislated increases in salaries or allowances without regard to what is already being paid would be to penalize employers who grant their workers more than the statutorily prescribed minimum rates of increases. Clearly, this would be counterproductive so far as securing the interest of labor is concerned. 3.7 Summation of Principles about Salary Distortion In National Federation of Labor versus National Labor Relations Commission, the court summarizes the principles relating to the salary distortion, namely letter A, the concept of wage distortion assumes an existing grouping or classification of employees which establishes distinction among such employees on some relevant or legitimate basis, this classification is reflected in a differing wage rate for each of the existing classes of employees. Letter B, wage distortions have often been the result of government decreed increases in minimum wages 
There are, however, other causes of wage distortions like the merger of two companies with differing classifications of employees and different wage rates where the surviving company absorbs all the employees of the dissolved corporation. Letter C. Should a wage distortion exist, there is no legal requirement that in the rectification of that distortion by readjustment of the wage rates of the differing classes of employees, the gap which had previously or historically existed be restored in precisely the same amount. In other words, correction of a wage distortion may be done by re-establishing a substantial or significant gap caused distinguished from the historical gap between the wage rates of the differing classes of employees. Letter D, the re-establishment of a significant difference in wage rates may be the result of Maybe the result of resort to grievance procedures or collective bargaining negotiations. 3.8 Wage Distortions Non-Strikeable Article 124, as amended by RA Number 6727, states that if wage or salary distortion results from implementation of a wage order, the employer and the union shall negotiate to correct the distortion. The distortion dispute should be resolved through grievance procedure or voluntary arbitration, or in the absence of CBA through the NCMB or a labor arbiter. The pendency of a dispute arising from a wage distortion shall not in any way delay the applicability of any increase in prescribed wage rates pursuant to the previous provisions of law or wage order. In a case where the union went on strike over a salary distortion dispute, the court held the strike illegal. Ilaw at buklod ng manggagawa versus NLRC, the legislative intent that solution of the problem of wage distortion shall be sought by voluntary negotiation or arbitration and not by strikes, lockouts, or other concerted activities of the employees or management is made clear in the rules implementing RA number 6727 issued on July 7, 1989, Section 16, Chapter 1 of this implementing rules declares that any issue involving wage distortions Shall not be ground shall not be a ground for a strike or lockout. The union was thus prohibited to declare the hold uh, and hold a strike otherwise engage in non peaceful concerted activities for the settlement of its controversy with SMC in respect of wage distortions or for that matter any other issue involving or relating to wages, hours of work, conditions of employment and or employer employee relations. The partial strike or concerted refusal by the union members to follow the five-year-old work schedule which they had theretofore been observing resorted to as a means of coercing correction of wage distortions was therefore forbidden by law and contract and on this account illegal.